on the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube page, but maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's your first time listening on audio. And check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you want to hop on live, you always can. I will say if this is your second time listening to the podcast or watching it and your first time was Friday's podcast, you have a lot of trust in us. And I really appreciate that because if you're willing to come back after that a podcast, yeah, yeah. hey, much love. Very thankful. I had forgotten that and I assumed you had forgotten it as well. It's nice to see that you're processing it. Do we have any updates on that developing story? No, we don't have any updates. Okay. No. We hope to have some positive yeah, news we'll, in the future. Is that what we say? We're going to try to get an interview with with Abby. Yeah. Hopefully later this week. She's in town for a Texas Relays, which is looking out looking like to be a a good meet to be at. You know, there's a bunch of stars coming. Uh, Abby's going to be there. Uh, Shakira Richardson's going to be there. So there's a bunch of other notable sprinters. They're all running 4x4s and 4x1s and 4x2s. So that should be exciting. Coleman might be here maybe because if he trains with – Abby. Abby. Yeah. And Abby's here. And then maybe Coleman will be here. One thing I've learned from the Texas Relays entry lists, it's not always yes. accurate. Yes. I mean, it's accurate in that they were entered, but that doesn't necessarily mean – we're talking about the pro fields here. Yeah. I guess that's true with any collegiate meet where pros show up at. And you look at the relay list and you get really excited. And then you get about half, maybe, of those runners. Yeah. I mean – Even day- if it is half, though, it's still – Good. It's with all entries. The day yeah. that the Stanford invite entries went out, Natalie Cook was on it the same day that it was announced that she's out for the season. Yeah. She was on the entry list for a 5K. So Hard to keep track. All right, before we get in the show, update the bracket. It's been a wild March Madness. Very few people have any teams left, present company included. Gordon got knocked out, I think, on day two of the whole tournament. I was looking strong until the past couple of days. I still had three of the final four in, and then nope. Didn't have the FAU San Diego State side of the bracket, but Owen still holding on to first place. His first place going into the weekend, wasn't he? Yeah. But what's funny is Max is 690 points. That's how many he has now. He's tapped out. So sort of interesting. It's just sort of the situation when someone takes a big lead in the marathon and they're just hanging on in the later miles and you can see the pack closing in. I think that's going to be the case with a lot of brackets because right behind is – Someone with the name Corb Dog, who has 680, but they have a max total of 116. They could win this thing by yeah, 500 points. Because they have UConn. Yeah, but UConn could lose. Yes. Very easily. So basically, if if UConn loses in the semifinals, then Owen wins. If UConn makes it to the finals, then most likely Corb Dog wins. Well, we got some other people down there who still have yeah, UConn in there as well. Too. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But yeah, Owen and Corb Dog. Down to those two for the undetermined prize, which we have yet to announce. But it's going to be good. It's going to be a great prize. Especially because this year was so hectic. You know, in in sports and like championship playoff situations, right? Yeah. Typically favorites do well. Sometimes favorites lose. But this is a unique year where none of the top three seeds made the final four. Yeah. None of the number one seeds made the Elite Eight. Can you imagine a track race Mm. where the top 12 runners – all did not make a final. Mm. Did that ever happen? Pretty good. Oh, could it ever happen? No. No, it wouldn't happen. Maybe half. You get half knocked out in a weird 800 situation. Someone falls down, a 1500 gets a little wonky, some time qualifier shenanigans. But no, not usually. To, to let you know how crazy this is, so I've been – I was out. But I had 470 points, which is not that many points. But overall, I'm in the 67th percentile still. And I've been done for a while. Like there are a lot of very, very 
bad brackets this year. Yeah. Yours is what I'm talking about. Your My bracket, bracket was bad. I was out after but, the second day. But, yeah. Crazy, though. So our track bracket also busted out. when Tennessee went out. I don't think either of us had FAU or San Diego State. Yeah, how are they in track? Is FAU have – Florida Atlantic even have a track team? Well, and, we have, and then the other side, you have Miami and, and UConn. Oh, so let's do track bracket with the Final Four. Yeah. So Florida Atlantic, who are they playing? San Diego State. San Diego State. The San Diego State doesn't have a men's program, right? They just have a women's program. I believe so. And then UConn, which they don't have a cross-country team, right? Florida Atlantic has men's cross and indoor, it looks like. And then they had outdoor. And then who's UConn playing? Miami. Miami. Miami, they got some track. They just they they've been hosting a bunch of track meets the past few weekends. They're like really big at hosting meets. Yeah, let's just give it to them. So Miami, <laughs> you're hosting track meets. You're going to win the title. Miami over Florida Atlantic. It's all it's all about Florida. Florida relays. Imagine Florida relays the mm. same weekend as a Miami versus Florida Atlantic final. Some might say it'd be the greatest weekend in Florida sports history. Wait a minute. Is Miami and Florida Atlantic competing at the Florida Relays? Mm. A question nobody's asking. Gordon continues to outdo himself. We could have a situation where we'll know who's going to win the final based off of a four-by-one of Florida Atlantic versus Miami. That's what I'm looking at. I don't. So Florida Atlantic does not have a men's team, but they have a women's team. But don't they have an indoor team? They had some indoor results. Oh, yeah, you're right. They do not. Not. Okay, so uh, Florida Atlantic is not going to the Florida Relays. Well, so yeah, this whole situation just cool. went out the, the window. But they were at the Miami Hurricane Collegiate Invitational. Oh, they probably faced each other. All right, All right, I'm, I'm diving too, this, deep, too this, deep into it. This is good. I'm, I'm going with Miami, though. Miami. Who are you going with? Uh, San Diego State. Okay. That has been your March Madness update presented by no one. Pretty exciting stuff. All right, here we go. Let's get into the heart of the show. Sharika Jackson runs 50.92 in Jamaica. Has run a couple 400s this year now. Ran a little bit indoors. But this is obviously the biggest result so far of her season. Anytime someone's sub-51 before April, you're going to take note. We obviously know her range is incredible. She's won medals in the 100, 200, and 400. She's got fast PRs all the way up and down. But... This was uh this is a great start. You know, you see the the short sprinters move up to the quarter and, and run some four hundreds to varying degrees of success. But with Sharika Jackson, it's really not fair because she was a four hundred meter runner. She knows how to do it. And you can see that just because she's training for the one and the two, she's still fast in the in, in the quarter. This is once again I sh- God dang it, I should have I should have um my internet's coming out. Should have done some little bit of a research on this one because I didn't do that. But I was gonna say, where does fifty ninety two rank last year? And you talking about on the world list? Yeah. Uh twenty twenty two women's four hundred fifty ninety two. This isn't that impressive of a as stat thirty first. Is okay. that what you're looking for? Well, that's what I wanted. So you can a little get perspective. She ran a time that's like in the thirty first range mm-hmm. as her outdoor opener. Yeah. She's well, a good four meter runner. It's so good, it's but fair. it's not like a top ten type. No, runner. it's good because it's pre-April. It's good because outdoors really hasn't even started yet, and it's good because she's presumably just still training for the one and the two. So is she going on the pre-April 
Mount Rushmore of 400 meter running? This is this is pretty. It's a pretty elite and exclusive group. I just I thought it's it it wasn't a it's a rust buster race, right? But it's it's still it's a if it's a rust buster time that's a fast. It's time a good. It's a good for time. someone going out of their primary distance. And she's probably definitely not even going hard in the paint in the final hundred. Probably she's probably just kind of just cruising through it. Yeah, you know. So yeah. So here's what I was thinking, and this is. Not something I think was ha- would happen, but I thought was sort of interesting because we've talked about how somewhat open the 400 is this year, depending on what some big-name 400-meter hurdlers do on the women's side I'm talking yes. about. So 400, a bit open. And we know Sharika Jackson likes a double. I'm not saying anybody's going to walk away from a 1-2 double, especially to run the 4. But the 2-4 double, pretty interesting. Is it possible? So the 200-meter first round is the morning of the 400 final, more or less. Not easy. That's not that bad. Doable. Yeah. Doable sort of double. Again, I don't – You can run like 22-9 and qualify out of the first round. Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't think she's going to do it, but I was just wondering because we've seen the 1-2 a bunch, the 2-4, the, the Michael Johnson, the Marie-Jose Perec double. We, we haven't seen that. Felix talked about it for a while, potentially doing it. Shawnee Miller-Waybo. So he put us out there. I would love to see it. Now, what are her chances of we, – we both agree, and we're going to show the rankings a little bit. 200, she's a huge favorite after what she did last year. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. yeah. So my thought is, all right, all things being equal, just in this world, let's just pretend the 100 and 400 are equally demanding on your body. Let's just say that Which, for, yeah. for sake of argument. I know not everybody's going to agree with that or anybody's going to agree with that. Where's the where's the better path to a, a gold medal? Is it in the one or is it in the four? That's really difficult to say right now because you don't know who's going to be in the four. But if all those four-meter hurdlers just stay in the four-meter hurdles. Then it's the four. Yeah, because it's her, Paulino. That's it. And, and those are the, – the, they would be the biggest names. Those would be the, the main favorites in that event versus the hundred where you have Shelly Ann there. If Elaine Thompson Raw has a bounce back, there's just there's a lot of depth, a lot of experience there. Again, I don't think she's gonna do it, but I was curious enough to look up the schedule and see if it would work. You just need an excuse to look up the schedule. I love me some schedules. Oh, man. You what are you gonna do once all of the permutations of potential doubles and triples and singles are out there? They could solve this problem today by making a if universal Sebco schedule. Just yeah. said has another press conference. He had one last week. A lot of people wrote about it. Yep, they did. He'll have an, he can have another one this week. Very few people will care about this press except conference, you. except me, and I'll be cheering in the front row, unless it's a bad schedule. Yeah. But if you made it possible, you say, oh, th- at the moment I would say, hey, 2-4, you'd be like, wow, yeah, but that day six would be tricky, because you'd know what a day six looks like, because you've covered track for a long time, and you know what yeah, I mean. I've been covering track for a decade. Yeah. I mean, w- what do you think? Like, as a fan, you'd it rather does... see her do the 2-4, correct? Just because of the historical connections of it, but- I uh, To be honest, I don't- Either or, I wouldn't care. Just, just like with Curly, Curly, if in your perfect world you'd want to see him do a one four. I want to see one four. I'd rather see. I would see Shrika do a one four than a two four. Yeah, but then that's asking to give up the the one that she's best at. Yeah, which is by, she by a big one. Yeah. And that's the advantage that she has here. Is I think she has enough breathing room in that event too. But like, it is interesting. I didn't think about it, but looking at the four, if none of the four hundred meter hurdlers go over there, it is going to be ripe for the taking and. Sharika is one of those athletes out there who could be like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. that's a gold medal just sitting there. I could just walk up to it and yeah. pick it up. Yeah. But all I got to do is walk over there. 
I'm really distracted though. There's there's nice yeah. sunshine, roses, and glamour of the hundred. But if I just walk this way, you get a nice little gold medal. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, let's not discount Paulino. She had the fastest time in the world last year. She went sub forty nine. But yeah, after that, because last year it was Miloevo, Paulino, and then th- there was a gap. Yeah. But if so, if Jackson doesn't do it, and I know, I know Nasser's coming back this year from the suspension, but. Can't count on that. Nasser's coming back this year? Yeah. So then you have you'd have Diggs getting in the mix. See, I think it's going to be too tempting. One of those 400-meter hurdlers is going to jump over. If Even though maybe right now they're going to jump now, over the hurdle to get to the <laughs> – They don't even need to jump over a hurdle. You just write your name down on the paper and then or send it in. Right now, it may not seem that way, but as it gets closer and we see more times roll in, and if no one emerges uh, early season – with a good 400-meter time, people are going to say, huh, why don't we try this? Kevin, you know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? They're all going to declare for both, and we're not going to know what they're actually running until 12 hours before the race. 12 hours before USA's for some of them. Yeah. So but for some... the international athletes, they're going to be declared in all of them. Femke Bolt's going to be declared in the 400 and the 400 hurdles, and we're, we're all going to be like, oh, she's doing a double, but really she's just picking one, and one is a safety valve. Like, Safana San enters every event every year because they can, like... Well, but she also runs every event. Every no, th- th- she didn't run everyone, <laughs> almost. Every almost. But, like, some of these athletes can be like, oh, yeah, and then they scratch. Like, Emmanuel Career was always entered in a four and a eight, but really was focused on one or the other. He's done it, though. He's done it. No, he did it after his not he... making out of the 800 semis. Oh, then, he, yeah, then he went yeah. all in on the four. But he did it. But he probably wouldn't have gone in the four if I he agree. made the 800 final. I agree. There's not going to be one big day where everybody... Makes announce an announcement, yeah, and then and we're all gonna we're gonna be having this conversation literally the week of Worlds. But I think it might come out in bits and pieces because the American athletes will have to say something. So that is Sydney, and that's Britton Wilson. So then you at least know but those like, two. But and like then people like Michael Norman won't. Well, Norman, oh, because he has the buy. Yeah, yeah. So you'd be like, are you actually gonna do? Are you gonna actually take the spot or not? You're right. I don't know. I'm going to see how I feel. This kind of makes it interesting, though, in a way. Lots to talk about. Makes good for podcasting? Well, you just say, hey, with this bit of information, what do we think this person's going to do? Norman's a little bit different situation with the with, with the buy. With the quarter, I, I'm i just fascinated by it. I, again, I don't think she's going to do it, but it would be fun just to watch someone with that range try to – because I think if you're running 50 – if you're running that sort of time at this point in the season, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be – sub 50 in the heart of the season but it's a pretty big yeah especially with her experience and when you run that fast in the 200 it just shows me her endurance really hasn't gone anywhere her endurance is still there and she's gotten faster now she's a better 100 meter runner she's a better 200 meter runner what do you think is going to happen when she runs 400 speaking of 200 let's do 200 meter rankings all right yes let's get to it uh don't don't show them yet nico first of all i just want to say off the bat they're going to be like the 100 rankings. No one's going to like them. Everybody's going to hate them. Probably. I mean, we literally had to change the rankings five minutes before we went live mm-hmm. on the pod. Yeah. Because it, it you were very upset with a ranking that I did. Yeah. That you went in and you manually changed it. You put your little dirty <laughs> influence and fingers on the women's rankings. So yeah, I was yeah. very There was one thing that I just had to fix. Ordinarily, I'll give you some latitude. I, I could not abide by one of them. Anyway. Let's throw them up there. Let's go with the women first, Nico. We're going to go with the women first. The aforementioned Sharika Jackson checking in at number one. No surprise there. 
Then Shelly Ann Fraser Price, two. Dina Asher Smith, three. Steiner, four. Elaine Thompson, hurrah, five. Gabby Thomas, six. Julian Alfred, seven. Tamara Clark, eight. Favor Ophelia, nine. And then Munjinga Kambunji in 10th. I can just hear the entire country of Jamaica screaming, You put Elaine Thompson, hurrah, fifth. The Olympic champion, <laughs> fifth. Behind Abby Steiner, who has never won a medal at the world championship level, even though she has won two medals, 4x1 four and 4x4. Four four. She has, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you have to look at what happened last year and what to expect this year. And I think people are forgetting Abby Steiner had a, a unique year where she still got, what, she's sixth or fifth in the final? Fifth. She was fifth. Mm-hmm. But that was with starting her season in a December of 2021, running like a 300 in Louisville or something like that. Basically doing a long NCAA season where you're peaking in March, peaking for NCAAs, then peaking for USAs. The fact that she was able to still hold on to that, I think represents that if she didn't have to do all those other peakings, she probably could have at least got third, I think. I think in a perfect day, if Worlds was on in June instead of late July... I think Abby Steiner gets at least third in the women's 200. She's run more times, fast times, than any of the other women except for, I guess, Sharika. Like, you look at the, the amount of repeat sub-22-second performance she's done. It's yeah. very impressive. And uh, it's a kind of – you got to give a little credit to the now. Yes, Elaine thompson Rao has the phenomenal resume, the career resume, an all-time great resume. But, you know – so eventually change happens. And I think Abby Steiner, we're not even putting her top three, but putting her above Elaine Thompson Raw, I think is pretty controversial because Elaine Thompson Raw is one of the goats coming out of Jamaica and fit. But how did she finish in the 200 last year? She was seven. 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 So. Yeah. But you could flip it around. You said Steiner didn't have a good race at Worlds. You could say the same thing about Thompson Raw. Yeah, the rest of her true. season in the, in the two, her best time, or actually the fastest time was the semis. At Worlds, 2197. That was her only time under 22 seconds. She went on. She won Commonwealth Games, though. So it's not as if she just disappeared. Steiner did, you're right, the long season probably factored in. But because she had a long season, she got a bunch of opportunities, too. Yeah. She had that college schedule, so she cranked out a ton of fast times. If I was to set the over-under right now for medals in the 200 for the Jamaican women, it would probably be, you'd put it at two and a half, wouldn't you, basically? And I would hammer the under. Yeah. They're not sweeping. They could. They, I mean, I it, think it's, one it, of Abby, Dina, or Gabby will get at least bronze. It's, it's possible that a sweep is there. I don't think it's as strong of a lock. Also, in some of those other events, like we compared to the, the U.S. men or in the 100 or the 200, where you have that fourth entrant. Now, maybe someone from Jamaica will pop up and be a clear fourth entrant. But on the U.S. side, the fourth best runner in for the men in the one and the two was sixth, fifth. They're right there. Um, yeah, we argued about that one. I'm not going to say what I argued. I think people can tell like what Gordon argued on that one. So we had a little bit of back and forth and compromise. Thomas is interesting. Thomas injured at USA's, didn't make the team, but actually came back, ran really well, got second at the Diamond League final. Alfred, she's got, if you're looking at the trending things, she's got an up arrow. Yeah. She's going up and up and up. And I can see in another month or so her continuing to climb after what she did indoors 
in in the two. Chandler Clark was really solid last year. Favreau Feely, of course, was was incredible last year and ran some really good times already indoors this year. And then Kimbunji, extremely solid. So one exercise we're learning about as we go through these rankings, we've done the 100, the 800, and the 200. We put a lot of emphasis on the 2022 result in Eugene in July, right? Because we're like, that's the world championship. That's how you decide the order of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. But when can that not mean as much? Is there is it point it's going to mean everything up until the final? Or is there going to be a point when we're going to be able to like, yes, you did get third at Worlds last year, but like you just aren't the third best runner right now? I think Sharika Jackson is going to get a lot of leeway this year. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, she doesn't need a lot of leeway because we see how fast she's already running. Benefit she, of the doubt rankings. Well, okay, it, so it kind of corresponds to the actual. So Sharika gets the most benefit of doubt, but it's similar to Noah in the men's side because the mark they put up was just out there. Yeah. So if for some reason Noah loses early season to Kenny B or loses to Knighton or loses to DeGrasse, you're going to look at that differently because there's just a big gap between one and everybody else. If Sharika loses to Elaine Thompson or or Shelly and Fraser Price, you're going to give them more of a benefit of the doubt. After number one, though, two through, let's see what we say two through ten well i'd say two through six maybe even seven right now is really really close okay yeah yeah. so if if you get a bunch of dina asher smith versus elaine thompson hurrah matchups and they're going one direction yeah then you're going to throw out world championships at that point doesn't mean anything because yeah. we're closer to these championships than we are to the previous ones but someone like jackson because we all saw what she did you're also thinking all right they're going to have they might they can absorb a loss, they can absorb a bad stretch, and you're gonna give them a little more leeway. Now, if they lose continually for a month, then you're gonna to start to discount that. And it, we have precedent of this actually proving out last year. Elaine mm-hmm. Topsaraw going into twenty twenty two was like unanimous number one. She just won the double goal. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then when she lost to Sharika, we gave a little bit of a benefit of doubt. We're like, oh it's well, you know, con- Yeah, the story uh, should have been how just, good uh Sharika was yeah instead it was hey is is elaine okay yeah but like it happened once and you're like okay and then it happened again and then you realize oh elaine thompson raw is not 2021 she's having an off year and it kind of represented she got she did still medal in the one but she was seventh in the 200 and so i think there's gonna be a point we're gonna have to have markers like what's our dates where we get to like well, it's amount of races, and that's the problem with track is we don't get enough. Sometimes they go one for one, and you're like, what does that mean? Yeah, we're going to put a bunch of weight into the Doha Diamond League in mid-June. We're still looking at that. In mid-July, we're still looking at that. Yeah, it's hard. I think because then you're going to factor in the people who don't race too. And, okay, how, how long do they stay on before you drop yeah. them off? Or the people who race off distance, maybe we'll get a bunch of 100-meter times or we'll get more 400-meter times, and you don't really know what to do with them. But – I think it's it's clear Jackson's one. I know people are going to argue um, about those other ones, and I and I and I get it. I get the pushback, and you could default into just the gold, silver, bronze. You That's def- boring. You you could default into one through eight, basically from from worlds. But Alfred wasn't in worlds. She deserves to be up there. That's a clear person who yeah. made the most of the indoor season. Thomas wasn't, but she was injured. Right, and you assume she's in that final. She's finishing around that spot, and it was—it's kind—it's easy. Thomas made it easy on us because then she came back yeah. after World Championships and ran with the best in the world. But also, it's tough too because someone coming back, maybe a little fresher at the end of the season, 
there's some athletes who are running Euros and Commonwealth and World Championships. Someone were just running two of the three. A lot of different directions that it went after Worlds. That's why Worlds is good to use because we all assume everybody is going with that in mind. Their training is geared towards that race in mind. If you use some of these other events to decide who number one is and who, num who number 10 is, it can be misleading. So should – what are your thoughts on Shelly and Fraser Price? We have her second. She is 30 – how old is she now? 36, 37? Uh, I don't know. You got her Wikipedia up. What's it say? What, what, how old is – You literally <laughs> had the page up. I saw it on your screen, man. She's 36. She was born in 1986. She's 36. So probably about to turn 37 eventually this year. I'm not sure when her birthday is. But literally on her page, right in front of you, you can see. I'm not I'm December 27th. Okay, so she took. Oh, December 27th. Yeah. We're almost birthday twins, kind of. I'm December 30th. Oh, hey, Shelly. Yeah. Okay. Gotta love late late December birthdays. Almost around the same year. Too. Greats are born then. LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Nick Simmons, Nathan Shelly. Ritzenheim. You just remember all of them, Shelly. Dwayne yeah. Solomon. Yeah. Shelly and Fraser Price. Yeah, you, you forgot the best out of that whole group is Shelly and Fraser Price. Yeah. Um, but do you think? Age is going to catch up with her. Eventually, it does. Eventually, you stop running fast because you're older. Mm -hmm. It's just like for some people, you're old when you're 32. For some people, you're old when you're 40. For like Tom Brady, you're old when you're 45. Mm -hmm. For Shelly Ann, when is age actually going to become a factor for her? Because it wasn't a factor for her last year at age yeah. 35. She was arguably what, probably her best season of her career especially in the 100-meter side. So when predicting, what do you think? Listen, the, the, the... 27, she missed 2017. She had this run of world championships, yeah, yeah. making all of them, getting at very least the silver, but usually some form of gold at any one of these meets forever. Uh, 2017, gives birth to her son, misses the world championship, so can't defend her title. And I'm sure a lot of people had questions at that point, what was going to happen. I was at 2019 World Championships in Doha when there was a ton of questions about that, even after the early rounds. Like, yeah. oh, man. And then she did it. And I was like, oh, man, this feels – this is just – this feels big. Because it also feels like, hey, this is the – we don't know how many more of these there's going to be. So we should really cherish this one because she managed to, to, to pull it off. And then the world shuts down and we don't get a 2020 World Championship. But then we go back and then we go to 21. Tokyo in 2021. And her lead up to that season, how was that? It was good. It was great. It wasn't as good. It was great. And then even after the yeah. it, it, the, the Olympics didn't go the way she wanted to, but she was in the mix. Yeah. She was right there. And then post-World Championships, her and Elaine Thompson, hurrah, raced each other, ran a bunch of fast times, run, ran the turnout, some of the fastest times in her life. Okay, so is that it? No. Then you go to Eugene. And, and she wins up it. And she wins. Yeah. And she wins. And and her times now are all from her last couple of years. Like you yeah. look at her best times list, they're all from the past couple of years. Long way to say, I'm not I'm not gonna rule it out. Like I have to see it. I have to see a whole season of her running subpar. It, yeah, if you're saying, oh, now all of a sudden she's the eighth best woman in the world, then I need to see a whole year of her running like the eighth, like best. The eighth best woman because okay. she is gonna get obviously a lot of latitude here, especially given her championship experience. And knowing how to get it right on the day, that's 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 her mo. Because even when she has off races, she's still bringing home a medal. 
Yeah, I, I think there was a famous, uh, I think it was, was it Max Kellerman or someone? Someone on ESPN tried to predict that Tom Brady was like gonna, is like on the, the back half of his career. And then since that statement, he won like three Super Bowls because he said it like at age 38 and then the next seven years. You end was, up looking silly. You look stupid. Yeah. When you try yeah. to predict the the end of someone's career based on their age, you sometimes get it right. But then he also a lot of times can get it wrong. Yeah. And there's really no way to prove it because people's what old is to different people is very different. Some people, their age gap limit is 32. Some it's 35. Some it's 40. Like Shelly Ann, you probably, people probably were thinking it was the lower 30s, right? Back in 2019. And then she's like, oh, no, no, that's not my that's end not timeline. Like, I'm still going to go beyond that. And so now you're like, okay, now it's, is it right? Is it 2023? Maybe not. Like, it could be, Shelly Ann could be. The same Shelly Ann we have, not just this year, but next year and also 2025 in Tokyo. Yeah, I'm looking at her all-time personal top 10 on World Athletics site. This is the years, and they're all hundreds on here. 2021, 2022, 2021, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2022, Team sport. And not just team sport, we have a time associated with her. We have a yeah. we have a marker, a very concrete it's set kind of, of numbers. Then, maybe. Exactly. A concrete set of numbers that we can associate to what she's doing. So it's not just that she's winning, it's that she's putting out these sort of times. So that's why the answer is I don't know. I'm not gonna pick it. And I would guess she's gonna go on her terms. I would guess she would retire still on top at this point. That's what it feels like. Maybe not literally winning the gold. But she's going to retire when she's still in the mix for gold medals, I think. Yeah. Because I don't think she's going to drop. She's so good. She's not going to drop off at a fast enough rate <laughs> to yeah. catch up to, to just time itself. So I think she's a number ranked second in the 200. 200 is not her best event. It's the 100. She's still really good. We saw it. She's going against Shrika Jackson, who's number two all time. Because there's also going to be some years where she's just going to run the 100. Yeah. You, you figure there's at least a year like that. All right, we're ready for the hundred. Or the, sorry, the men. Yeah, men. Here we go, Nico. Thank you, sir. No Lyles, number one. No surprise. Kenny Bednarik two. Ari Knighton three. Joseph Fonbelay four. Andre Degrasse five. Fred Curley six. Jerome Richards seven. Norman in there at eight, and then Alexander Ogando nine, and Aaron Brown is in tenth. So Lyles. Clear, clear number one. There was some questions prior to Eugene, but he answered all of them in Eugene. And then post-Eugene, he went on an incredible tear yeah. and put himself in the mix for that Athlete of the Year conversation. Uh, Benaric and Knighton, they helped complete that U.S. sweep. Uh, Fanbule, you know, we've both been really big on him ever since his time at Florida. DeGrasse, we can talk more about him later. Curly, remember, made the 200 team, picked up that injury, but I don't think anybody's going to count him out based on how fast he is in the one and the four. Uh, Richards was solid and then had a good indoor season as well, too. I put Michael Norman in there, even though he may not. Now, he might move. He might be the first one out because if he's never going to run the 200, we're not going to keep him in there. Yeah. But 
I've always liked – I said it when he announced he was going to the 100. I said, why not the two? I, I like him better than the two than the one. And he has some wins over Noah Lyles. He has some wins. He had a 19-7 last year. So if you're looking at marks from last year, he stands out. We just don't know what he's going to do. So I kept him in there. And then Ogando and Brown are under-the-radar guys, but they both made the final in, in Eugene and both ran well uh, at, the, at the Diamond League final too. So, yeah, uh, no really debate on the Noah Lyles. Can he be – Mr. Consistent, uh, you think maybe you would go with like Knighton showing what he ran at the top of his game with his fast 19.5 in LSU, but Ben Narek is knows how to time his season perfectly, and I feel like he's going to be Mr. Consistent, and I think his floor is third. Whereas Who's that? Knighton? No, Ben Narek. Ben Narek, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, his floor yeah, is yeah. third, which is a really high floor to have. Very high floor, yeah. Like you can't get a higher floor. Yeah. Your basement must be super big to have a floor that high. Yeah, you don't even have it. He doesn't have a basement. Okay. He just he no he has he lives he like lives in North Carolina with like those high rise like beach houses, where so oh, they're flooding. on stilts. Well, on that's stilts. Just in North Carolina. They have those in the Hollywood Hills too. Yeah, they got the stilts. North Carolina. Yeah. So like he's a his baseline third. Okay. Third floor. Gotcha. You have to go up an elevator to get to his basement. Okay. Okay, up an elevator Keep to get to going. his basement. I also think he's going to win the world title this year. Have you said that before? I've I have, heard, I and I'm heard saying that. I'm going to okay. continue to say it until keep going. Keep going. I'm going to be, I'm going to be saying it while they're 100 meters into the 200 meter final. All right, keep going. Um, but I think the question here is, what is this? The Knighton is so young. Yeah. yeah, and he ran so well, so young, and has shown a good level of improvement year over year. I think his 2022 was better than his 2021. Yeah. Is but for his 2023 to be better than his 2022, he's gonna have to beat like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the American record holder, or he's gonna have to beat a Kenny B who's running phenomenal, yeah. or Fred Curley. Or, so yeah. there could be a situation where Knighton gets better, but he, he could, I could see Knighton run better in 2023, but not even medal. I could see him run better in 2023 and then lose to his training partner. Fonbula. He trains with Fonbula, right? Yeah, they did last year yeah. at least. Yeah. Like, which is crazy that you can get better, but just the people around the 200 is so good this year yeah. that even your improvement may not result in a, an improvement of your place. Yeah. Then if he starts to lock in the consistent times of, of the – it's not even about the 19.4s. It's just, all right, the consistent 19.7s. Yeah. I think that's what's going to take him to the next levels because the 19 – Four nine and the nineteen four two, all that stuff will come with the consistency. Yeah. Noah Lyles has has taught us that. Yeah, that you bang out enough in in you know just get your your race pattern nailed down, make it so you're consistently you know you don't just need a world championship type setting or a U.S. type setting to run fast. You can do it all the time. DeGrasse was the interesting one because it was tough to pick him. I know he had a rough year last year with injuries. But he's a guy I'm just not going to give up on until um, we see him go through a, a championship where he doesn't make any noise. And he made noise at the championship last year. Yeah, it was at the last possible moment. But Andre de Grasse let you know he was there. Now, he raced after the world championships as well. None of it was crazy good. And listen, this five spot, he, he might even move down a little bit once the racing starts. Because the one thing we know about de Grasse is he's just – he's focused on – Peaking when yeah, it counts, yeah. and he always gets into form, or usually gets into form, all things considered, when it's time to go. So some people might say he's too high um, at five, but it's just I'm going off of history, and I'm going off of the fact that 
that the world championship race that lets you know who he was was the was the four by one. It wasn't it wasn't the two hundred. I know he had a lot of um, injury health sort of issues last year. Curly at six, you could say other than Knighton. No, maybe now. Actually, a lot of these guys have a pretty high ceiling because Knighton it's like youth. Fanbelay it's the start. Curly is just figuring out the two hundred. There's a lot of room for improvement in a number of these guys. For some reason, I just don't see Curly getting better than the 200. I see him getting better than the 100 this year. Like, I, I can see him PRing by, well, what's his PR? 76, right? I guess I could see him, I could see Curly break the American record in the 100. See, I feel the opposite. I but feel, I, I think it's, I don't, I just don't think he's a good 200 meter runner. I would, I would bet more on the 200 PB than the 100 PB. Well, you can PB in the two. Um, PBing in the hundreds harder though because it's a more impressive mark for him to PB well, with his current but mark. You literally just said you don't see him getting any better in the two hundred. That's yeah, PB but better in the two hundred means going from the times he's running to running like nineteen seventy six Knight and Noah Lyles type times. Okay. Like I don't see, I see Fred Curley more likely breaking the American record in the hundred than him running nineteen four. Okay, fair, but he doesn't need to run nineteen four to be a medal winner at all he might need to, uh, i don't know he might need to be 19 because not now night is run 19 4 yep. lyles has run 19 3 i don't think all going to the same and day ben derrick hasn't done that but he's going to win the world title yeah. so like <laughs> is he you haven't said that yet i love it okay but no what i'm saying is on the day he doesn't need to be that sure, quick, is, sure. is what i'm saying kenny b's 1968 is is his personal best that was from tokyo I just think Curly's obviously got a lot of room to yeah. grow and figure it out. And if he can, then he's going to be really good in that. I also team. like how Curly, Richards, and Norman. I mean, Richards, he's a 200-meter guy, but he was also kind of 400 yeah. a little bit during the college days. Seeing like the three 400-type guys, Curly, Richards, and Norman all in the top eight and six, seven, eight. Yeah. It's interesting. All right, Norman. Again, we've talked about Norman a bunch. I don't know if we need to do more. We don't need to do more on We're that. We're tapped out on Norman. Well, I just you, you have a quota on the amount of Norman talk you can do per week. I've and it's Friday. It's it's Monday, so you don't <laughs> use them all up now. I've always enjoyed talking about Michael Norman. He's a great athlete. It's, you it's, love talking about the Mount Sac race that he ran in April, forty three, forty five. Yeah, you have, have the poster board written on Sometime, your wall. So does this happen with you? Sometimes just stick in your head and you can't forget them, and then other times that are even, probably more important. To know, you'll just forget within the sport. Is that the case with you? Like certain athletes' times, do they stick in your head more than yeah, others? Yeah, probably. Yeah. For some reason, the 4345 is just ingrained in my head. I can't dislodge it. But if you said, what did Curly run last year at Worlds to win the 100? Like I know he ran the 976 in the, in the, in the first round. I remember that. Of course you do. That started a whole thing. But at, what, what did he run in the final? I, have no idea. I don't remember. But I remember Michael Norman's 4345. Just yeah, weird. it's because you've been talking about it for your entire life. No, since he did it, which was it's like that 2018, 2019. It's like that Jim Carrey movie about the number. Was it 33 or something? Well, I just thought this guy's going to break the world record and be the first guy to break 44 or 43. That's yeah. what I thought that meant at the time. Um, yeah, Ogando, Brown, those guys are solid. They're 9 and 10. Other people that didn't get on here, you can talk about Andrew Hudson for Jamaica. Um, I'd like to see some of the, like, Blake and Oblique Seville. Yeah. Get in some twos. That what about Mr. Matthew Bowling? Yeah. He'd be, I guess he'd be in the, the next 10, right? 
if we went 20 deep yeah. on these. I mean, we're the we fastest are, time indoors. We are not going to go 20 deep because there are a lot of events already. Yeah. So we're, we're spreading ourselves Stop out across the events. Yeah. All right. What's our next event that we're going to rank? Not today, but what's the next one we're going to do? I don't know. Let's do 1,500. Ooh, I like it. We're just alternating between Going back and forth. Boom, and boom. Distance. And then we'll yeah. do some hurdles. You'll never guess who my number one is. In what? Each of these. The 1,500? Yeah. You a Whiteman guy? No. Well, I'm an Ingebrigtsen. Okay. Stan. I'm trying to think. What's going to be the hardest event to get to number one? What do you mean? To pick a number. All these number ones seem pretty definitive. Obvious? And you could say, okay, Kevin, that's because they won the world title. But the person in second got silver medal. They should be the clear number two, and yet they're not. I'm Maybe 5K? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, both men and women on the 5K. Because you – Men. I'm more women on the 5K. Though. Yeah, I, I, but would you 10, go? 10K. 10K is hardest. Would you go Jakob in the 5? 10K. 10K. Men's 10K. Women's women's hurdles? High hurdles? I mean, Amazon's a world record holder. You, you know, you're going you're gonna to put her first. But, like, men's 10K is the hardest. Steeple? No. I don't even know who won the men's 10K. Who won the men's 10K? Skeptica. Did he? Yeah. Let me just Google that real quick. I think he did. okay. He 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 ran like ass in the five k then. Wow, language, dude. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get monetized. Yeah. No. Yeah, because I remember Chuck the guy was interested. I was like, he was not like we were like, oh, is Chuck the guy going to do it again? And he does do it. I get that makes sense in ten k. And then he doesn't run well in the five k. He finishes like outside the top five or something like that in the five k. Five k. He was ninth. Yeah. So that's what I'm. Yeah, which is crazy. Like didn't even score. Doesn't even score points for Team Uganda. They might need a. Get a new transfer to come in or something. Yeah. Um, well, that was Jakob's show. I think because the ten k, yes, chapter guy, the fastest guy technically, and he's won the title. But then you're like, well, speed matters. And then you look at people with great kicks, and you're like, should you put the kicker first over chapter guy? Yeah. Well, also they never run the ten k, so exactly. we'll never know. We'll never be held accountable until they they, Budapest they, finals. They run the ten k so little that they don't even run it at Worlds sometimes. They just every other year. Every other year, there's like, ah, we're not gonna do it this year. All right. We're to the next segment, which is this the, is a really you're really let, bad at doing uh, no transitioning segments. Informal. You went all, all right, the time. Uh, uh, this okay. is the next segment. I, I was trying to introduce a new segment. It's going to be called the Let Gordon Cook segment because <laughs> you're talking about a potential record yes. at Penn Relay. So yes. break this down. Why do you think the men's collegiate four by one record could get broken at Penn Relay? Okay, it's not the four by one. First of all, so, let me try that again. About- <laughs> Explain to me why the men's four by eight collegiate record well, could get before broken. Before we talk, yeah, the reason, first reason why is this team, Iowa State, is going to the Penn Relays. They announced it a few weeks ago. Uh, pretty big deal. Iowa State normally goes to Drake Relays. They're changing it up, going to the Penn Relays, both the men's and women's teams. So I'm excited for that. And you look at what Iowa State has, and you're like, wait. They got a lot of good 800-meter runners. Wait, do they have four en- enough to like flirt with potentially a collegiate record? So I did some little research. So let's bring up the current top 10 4 by 8 records, 4 by 8 marks in collegiate history. Yeah. Do you know who owns it? Uh, I didn't until you told me. Okay. And it is Arizona State. Of course, the 84 team. Yeah. <laughs> 84 team, which is crazy. The number one team is Arizona State, 708. In 1984, number two team is Penn State, 7-11, 1985. And then the Virginia team, 7-12, which I think had Robbie Andrews in 2011. 84 and 85, some say the golden era of men's But that's crazy. We're talking about records from the 80s, before I was born. That one's older than me, even. 
older than you, and you are old. Barely. By a month and a half. Month and a half. Who would have thought yeah. that a month and a half after this record would go down, yeah. you would be sitting on a podcast yeah. with another person who was born after that time well, talking about the record getting broken? Several years later, but yeah, yeah, I get you. All right. But Arizona State, all right, so you're like 708 96. How, what does that mean? What does that mean? How yeah. do you run Break that? that down. Break that down. So Iowa State has a transfer that I didn't know they got from Miami, Ohio. Oh, your the, guy. You the talked man about him last I year. Didn't know was British. Finley McClear. Finley McClear. And so, uh, Nico, if you bring up the graphic below that one, we have the top four seat, the top four PBs from Iowa State. Finley McClear's run 145. Jason Gomez has run 146. Sebastian Gentile has run 146. And Darius Kipiego has run 147. Add up their PBs combined, that equals 706. Uh, you may want to zoom out because you're not showing the times there, Nico. Uh, you want to show the full graphic so we can see the times. But uh, yeah, 706. Let 11. Nico cook too, well, man. You got He's just, just you, showing the names. You, you got to show the full thing. It's not just you cooking here. It's Nico's got to cook, man. Come on. So yeah, 70611. That's two seconds faster, maybe almost three seconds faster than the collegiate record. So obviously they're not all going to run their PBs in this relay. But if you're if your PBs all add up to three seconds faster than the collegiate record, you can break it. You got a shot. Now here's the problem. What's the problem? Well, I'm going to ask you this because I haven't watched a ton of four by eights since high school. The state I went, uh, I ran in. We had the four by eight all the way to state. Every dual meet there was a four by eight, so a lot of four by eights. But then you leave high school and you realize this is not an event that's run that often. Yeah, they had a world relays a couple times. I'm guessing it's not going to follow the pattern that the four by mile falls into sometimes, where it turns into a jog and tactics take over. Do you think they're going to go and just go for it? Because 800 meter runners a little bit different than milers in that regard. You know, it could go one of two ways. Slower, fast. It could go slower, fast. But they can either you... go for it or they can not go for it. Do you it. think they're they going go for it or for the win? Do you think they're going there with 708 in mind? Is my question. I think so. Okay, and then my follow-up Why is... Why not? It's like, hey, we have it. Three of the guys are seniors. What's the point of, like, just getting the win? When you like, whoa, what, what if we did something that's never been done before since 1984? It's pretty tough to... Well, it hasn't even been done in 1984. Yeah. They ran 708 okay. in 1984. Yeah, yeah. They didn't run faster yeah, than that yeah, yeah. in 1984. I just wonder how realistic is it to expect a 146 out of someone on the third leg of a 4 by 8 in a relay if they're way ahead? You think they'll have good competition? Yeah, they'll have some good competition. The first two legs will be – it's going to be hard. The third leg is going to be the hardest one because and – and the last leg, right? But if they're if they're chasing the time, why not? Just go for it. People can do this. Like, it's possible. You just have to want it. <laughs> you have that that's all it is. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. Just you just got to want it. Just need to want it. Yeah. But it is – I talked to the coach. It is on their mind. So I think it's possible. Well, let's just compare it to a mid-distance race last year where we thought the record was vulnerable. Well, there was a couple of them, actually. But one where they actually got it, the women's 4 by 15 they were talking about it ahead of time. Yeah. Like, they knew that they wanted the record. And those two teams, Arkansas and NC State, both ran Four. with that record in mind. Contrast that with the 4 by mile for the men. Now, maybe they were talking about it. Ad- admittedly, we weren't doing as much follow-up with them as we were. With, we were kind of more focused because we were in a feature on the women's side. But they ran it as if they were just trying to get a wheel, which yeah. is cool. Go get a wheel. Like, that's awesome. I, I think that's different teams are having different goals. But we all know that four-by-mile record can go down, too. 
on the men's side. Oh, yeah. Can totally go down, especially with the current era of how fast everybody's running these mid-distance races. But you have to want it and you have to go for it. And I think part of it is if you make your intentions clear publicly, then other teams are going to say, all right, well, I guess we need to go know that we're going out this fast and we all buckle up and get ready for it. Now, maybe there's a group text on the side with all these coaches where they do that. But at least publicly, we, we, we only heard it really strongly being echoed for one of those mid-distance relays last year. And that's the one where it happened. Yeah. There's a world where you could see all of these mid-distance records get broken in this meet, correct? Yeah, the outdoor DMR record get broken. Yeah. Or in, indoor or slash outdoor. Overall, yeah. Because yeah. Oklahoma State's going there. Well, like, yeah. but the the women's four by fifteen. Yeah, the that can, that's that was, gone. That's gonna be gone. That well, it could be. It depends how they run. They, it, they yeah. got better. They they added uh, what's her name? Ameris. I don't know how to say her name. Taisma. Yeah. Taisma. Yeah. But my point is, is got, they also had good competition too. There was two teams going for it, yeah, which made it we'll work. Get, we'll get but like last year, the Ole Miss men, we thought, okay, maybe they can get a run at it. It didn't. It didn't happen. And then the, that four by mile for the men turned into a tactical race. We'll see. So, four. Uh, we're what a month away. 30 days away? We are actually 30 days away today. It's big. I saw the graphic. Yep. You excited? Yeah. I get to go back. It was so much fun last year. I had so much fun. It was cold, a little cold the first couple of days. It wasn't that cold, was it? Well, you're from there. It was hot the final day. Yeah. Final day was nice. I was not prepared for that. You took me to a Philly, Phillies game. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That was the coldest I've been at a sporting event that wasn't ice hockey. Yeah, we weren't prepared for that. It was Actually, no. I've been to some football games that have been colder. But yeah, we just weren't, we weren't dressed appropriately. But no, I... It's awesome. And now I know more about it. It's going to be even better. It's a California, man. You know, you can yeah. know why it's such a big deal. It's Yeah, it was great. It was great. And I think this year it looks like it's going to be even better because we're hearing more and more about the, the quality teams that are coming out. So I'm excited. Pen Relays is going to be live on Flow Track. Live on Flow. Also live on Flow. London Marathon. Yes. In America. Yes. I was having you check my work there. I actually, I didn't no, it's not that. Canadian only. No, okay. we have the U.S. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, London Marathon news. Here we go. Throw this one up there, Nico. How about that segue, Gordon? Great job. Some rough news for American marathoning fans, though. Emily Sisson. So, but still watch the race. Yeah, still watch the race. But <laughs> well, it's going to be a great race. It was. Yeah, we still got, got great international fields. Safana San. Yeah, a few others on men's. It, we're going to do. Plan is right. The watch party. Yeah, we're stuff? doing. We're, I'm doing. I'm gonna be on the East Coast too, so I'm gonna be up even earlier. Oh, so I can't go to your house this time? No, you can still come to my house. I give you the key. No, uh, in the East Coast, can I fly out? Yeah, you can fly out to the East Coast. Yeah. Okay. Man, this is gonna be tough. I didn't think this was gonna happen. Dang it. Okay, we're gonna have to figure that out later. Yeah. We'll worry you about. Come, it. I can literally give you a key to my house if you want to do it for my house. No, I could do it. I don't think anybody's gonna wake up if I start yapping at three in the morning. Anyway, we're waking up likely for it. But sad news: Sisson announced she's scratching. Damato had previously scratched out so it looked like it was going to be the most one versus two most recent american record holders battling and sisson coming off that really fast time in chicago i wanted to see how she measured up to this to this field but we're unfortunately not going to get that in uh in london i saw her post on instagram i was going to pull it up i don't know exactly know what the injury was she said just a lot there it is emily sisson my bad. Let me get this. Here we go. Uh, unfortunately, I had to witch off the London Marathon. I tweaked something in my hip during a workout a few weeks ago. Just didn't quite heal fast enough. I've taken a few days off since then. I've been slowly increasing my runs and things feeling a lot better. Feeling fortunate. It isn't something a lot worse. Just bad timing. Initially, I was pretty bummed. But I'm going to pivot to some shorter races this summer instead. Now, 
and I will do a marathon later this year. I will keep my race schedule posted. Now, this is the bummer with marathons because you just got two chances to do them a year, maybe three if you're lucky. So when one minor thing goes wrong, you, sh you, you don't get that opportunity. And for a field like this, you really don't get that opportunity often at all. So I I'm disappointed, mostly because I, I wanted to see her versus D'Amato, but also you wanted to see her versus that top, top field. You mentioned it sucks because you only do like two a year, right? Yeah. And we were talking about how the 10K kind of sucks because yeah. you only do like one a year. Yeah. Maybe. This is probably a bad idea, but I'm just going to say it out there. I'm going to work it through as I say it out loud. But imagine a world where the longest distance that elite runners competed at, at the professional level was a 10,000 meter run and that the marathon and a half marathon just didn't exist and that the pinnacle of the endurance athlete, long distance athlete was 10,000 meters and not 26 miles. Kipchoge was trying to break whatever in the 10K, not two hours in the marathon. Mm -hmm. The American records were all about the 10K and not about the marathon. And because of this, you would do it more often. There wouldn't be just a spring marathon and a fall marathon. There would be five 10Ks in a year mm. for all the best distance runners. Yeah. And that if you chose to run further than 10,000 meters, it was in the category of ultra marathoning and trail racing. That was more of like a community participation type world. Could you get behind this? No, but here's another scenario. What if the shoes develop such a good point where people could run? Four marathons in a year that would be a good thing oh so the recovery was easier the preparation too and the recovery yeah yeah just the foot because that's what you hear some of these athletes talk about just the differences they can go harder more often because of the shoes now I, marathon it's a lot of, it's different than running a 5k or 10k on a track but maybe there's some new advances do that you, don't increase the stack height that allow them to recover do you think the quicker. fact that as humans, we always want to push ourselves to the fastest we can be. And because we... The long, they want to go the longest. They, they want to go, go longest too. and fastest. And because of that, they decide to mutate the sport into a, a twice a year viewing experience because they're prioritizing uh, time over competition. Well, other than the history of the marathon, which is deep and storied, and we all, we all know that. The other thing that makes the marathon what the marathon is, is the mass participation element of it. And the reason the mass participation element of it is so popular is, as one part, talk about the desire for human – pushing the limits of, yeah. of human endurance. But also scarcity. Because it only happens a couple times a year, that's why people like to do it, right? It happens once if you live in a city that has a marathon. There's one a year. Yeah. Maybe some cities have multiple marathons a year. But for the most part, you have one opportunity – to do it and that is seen in terms of participation element as an appealing factor of it like hey let's all train let's this one big day we have this big celebration it doesn't get diluted exactly exactly so that's the reason why so many people are running it and the re and the one of the effects of so many people running it is race directors can pay really fast people to come to their races which props up the elite side yeah. of this no so. i understand why we're in a world where we're, i'm just saying that the fact that one of the two of the best distance runners in u.s history that they that we designed a sport where we only get to see them yeah yeah, yeah. once or twice a year 
that doesn't seem really good for the popularity of that sport. I get it from if you take like a, imagine you only get to watch LeBron James play basketball once, and if you miss, it's just like makes no sense. Yeah, if you look at it from a macro level, it you can see all right, man, that is kind of strange. Like, I'm a fan of this athlete. Well, and thing all is, you see him is on no, one random Sunday morning. No, what what you see is you see their Strava though. Right, and that's part of being a fan when you talk about these endurance athletes. And I'm not sure how it works in other endurance sports, but I can only imagine some of the fans are really also into the journey of the athlete more so than the, the actual result, the actual race, and the result. And oh my gosh, the buildup is part of the story. Yeah, look at how long this bike ride was that they just posted, or look, this rock climber did this crazy thing, and here's this clip of it. Like it's it's different than the traditional. Hey, I'm going to see this person compete. 10 to 50 times in a year type sport. Now there are some people who are not into that and just want to see them race and enjoy the sport purely from like that traditional professional sports lens. But I do think these athletes get a lot of attention, get a lot of sponsorship deals because for the people following them, it is a 52 week a year endeavor. They're not racing 52 weeks of the year, but they're following their training and what they're doing 52 weeks a year because they themselves are also trying to run that race but that too. Means, but, but like, there's a difference between following journeys and following a sport. Do you know how LeBron James works out? Let's just use that. Like, how many people are doing LeBron James's workouts? And I mean, he's a famous example because you know he spends a gajillion dollars on his body. No, there's not that many people doing that. There's a bunch of people. Trying to figure out what Ilya Kipchoge does yeah. in his training. Well, it's because the participation. Emulate it. Yeah, so yeah. People can, anyone can put on shoes and run. Right, exactly. And that's why there's these athletes who create interest. But that means they're lifestyle athletes and not professional sport athletes. No, they're professional sports athletes who's – they're like – in a way like boxers. You see them a couple times a year. That's it. But you're following the journey too. I don't know if people follow the journey of boxers, but you get my point. You yeah. see them only a couple times a year. That's true. Yeah, UFC people, they only... I mean, yeah, I don't know how many times UFC Maybe twice fight. a year? Nico, you know UFC. You seem like a UFC guy. How many times a year do UFC fighters fight? God, Nico. Nico! Not more than 15. <laughs> that seems like a lot of fights. Someone will know in the chat. How many times... The chat's talking about the 200 still. The chat... Good, good. They the... liked... They committed. They saw the title of the show. And that's what we're going to talk about. And they're staying focused. They're going to talk about London. They're going to talk about... The big fighters. The big fighters. The, the people whose names Gordon I would recognize. Okay. So yeah, so that's... Somewhat, I'm doing a marathon. He headphone-less episode but today. Hear, but you can hear. Yeah. yeah, he said once or once a quarter, what he said, if you didn't hear him. All right. We got anything else? Nah, man. That's it. Hell of a show. Like and subscribe. We need to get to 20,000 subscribers by NCAA Championship weekend or Kevin is kicked off the podcast. Yeah, it's like, it'll be like this. It's just going to be me and I'll be in the middle. If you want this, you don't want this. So subscribe and you won't just get me. You'll get this guy. I hope you do two mics if it is just you and you and sit I, in the middle so it's bad audio on both. Like you don't get oh, the benefit of good audio. I thought I was going to have a take oh, against myself exactly yeah yeah hey this I can is do that. this is gordon reporting from the blue microphone blue versus red this is so, should we call it blue versus red that would be the first people time will, people have ever done that people will love that stuff content all right we're good
Podcast at gmail.com. We're, we're good. We're good with the show. Yeah, we're good. Show's good. Hell of a show. Thanks to Nico yes, for thank producing. You. We'll see you guys on Wednesday.